0: Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez is the Best. Today is Tuesday, May 4, 2021. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else. But stick around. You might learn something new. Happy new week. Happy first week of may everybody welcome to the podcast i have something to talk about today it's actually a little bit of promotion but also i'm really happy because uh we got to talk to broad fits yeah of the 80 percent uh actually i'm recording this immediately after we got off our call with enrique and i so we're releasing our trust with broad fits of the 80 percent coming tomorrow and and i've mentioned broadfit so many times on this podcast and halal show he also listens to me so shout out broadfits we really appreciate it salamat we we talked about a lot uh rika and i learned a lot i'm sure you will too so i don't want to spoil it too much but go listen to that that episode uh or that mix rather it's coming out tomorrow tres leches with broadfits uh all right let's talk about some stuff I, i know i usually reiterate some of the things that I talk about in Where You Been From Hala Hala Show. But I'll go into that again, but go into more detail so that I have something to talk about today. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Uh The movie that I watched that I highly recommend. If I was going to talk about a movie that... Or if, if I was going to recommend a movie that I watched this week, the one movie it would be would be The Mitchells vs. The Machines. It's on Netflix. I think it's number two on Netflix behind the Vincenzo which I never really picked up again after I tried to watch it. Maybe I'll watch it once the season is over. But yeah, The Mitchells vs the Machines was really good. I thought it was really really fun um some heartfelt moments, but it was just it was it was such a unique movie because they 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 used memes and shit. It's very it's made by the same team I believe as Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So you'll get a lot of similarities, but there's also it's a it's a it's the story is about A family who are they're going cross country and they're bringing their daughter to college and there's some animosity between the daughter and the dad because the dad doesn't really like technology and uh, the daughter is more of a she's like a filmmaker she makes uh, youtube short films and then the the world goes to shit because this artificial intelligence it's like terminator right so this this cell phone takes over the world and these robots capture everyone except for the Mitchells and the Mitchells are the ones that kinda have to save the world. It's very, very uh I would say it's a very um, predictable plot, but the getting to the end from start to finish is is a joy to watch. Like it's just such a funny movie. So many memes, a lot of jokes that that really landed well. Like they, they didn't try too hard, I think. It might start off a little slow. I'll admit, though, it the first maybe fifteen minutes, twenty minutes are a little bit slow ish. But once it gets going, uh, the humor is 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 up there. I would say it's probably one of the funnier three uh, D animated movies out there. Uh, so you asked, JC, what is the funniest one? Hmm, that's a rough one. I feel like I've talked about it before. I think Megamind is is way up there. Like Megamind is probably like in terms of 3D animation humor that really made me laugh a, a lot. Megamind is there. Because Pixar has some funny moments, right? I mean Pixar most Pixar movies have have humor and then they try to make you cry like a bitch at the end, right? But there's there's always humor in it, but they're not usually movies that are supposed to be like super comedic all the time like like megamind is even though megamind does have some heartfelt moments it's really it's really it's a comedy movie i'm trying to think what are the funniest comedic animated movies hmm i would say megamind is number one like i think i'm i'm pretty 100 percent sure on that in terms of funniest 3d animated movies hmm what else is really funny i don't know I mean, there, there are a lot of good ones, but Megamind is up there. Yeah, just go watch Megamind. I've talked about it on the show a, a, a lot. It's so good. Okay. What else do I have to talk about? Hmm. Uh, speaking of, of the other things that I watched, uh, Invincible, I finally finished it episode eight, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I've been talking about it the last few weeks. It's a really great, violent show. Based off the comics, now my temptation now is should I go read the comics? That is what I want. I don't know. But then I was looking through, the, you know, you know me, right? What do you do after you watch something, JC? You go to Reddit so that you can find other people to tell you what to think about the movie. Uh But the, I, there are a lot of comic book readers of Invincible in those episode discussion threads. The episode really did it justice or even did it better. Than the comics because you know if it's a comic as much as it's a, you know comic books are, are really a great way a, a great uh, great works of art it, they cannot depict uh, everything because it's it's single frame it's it's usually frame by frame whereas in a show it it's really you know you can animate everything and there is oh my god I'm not gonna spoil it but if you've watched the finale of Invincible there is one scene that will make you say holy fuck <laughs> it is crazy that show is fucking bananas man it's 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 insane it's insane uh speaking of movies and shows and and all that shit uh marvel did release a really cool kind of tribute to their og uh like phases and then there they and then of course Kind of sneak peeks of the the future of Marvel, so Black Widow, Shang uh, Shang Chi, the Eternals, and whatnot. It's a really cool video. You should go check it out. It's like three minutes long. I think it it just recently went viral. They they only posted it earlier last last night or earlier this morning is when I saw it. I, I don't remember, but it makes you really think about Marvel, right? Like they really they got something amazing going. And I've talked about it on the podcast, but I just have to reiterate why Justice League and all the DC movies are ass. Not necessarily all of them. You know, I like Birds of Prey. I like Shazam. But just the fact that they threw together... Even the Schneider cut, right? Talked about the Schneider cut. You know, people said it was good, but it was only good because it was not as shitty as the last one. But as a standalone movie, I thought it was pretty ass in general. And it's because... They did not take the time to develop each character, right? The Aquaman movie, that which fucking sucks, I hate that movie, you know this, came after Justice League, I think. If I'm not mistaken, it came after Justice League. Basically, there were no individual movies that led up to Justice League except for Batman and Superman. Like, I think Wonder Woman came after. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there is no Flash movie yet. I mean, no one gives a shit about Cyborg, right? I mean, I love Cyborg in the, in the the latest cut, but no one gave a shit about him in the first one because no one, no one knew him. I mean, I'm glad in the Snyder Cut they gave him more to work with, they gave him more of a backstory. But even then, it was very weak because we really don't care about these characters. When the first Avengers movie came out, the only characters that didn't have a standalone movie were Black Widow and Hawkeye, right? And I guess because... Uh, they were really focusing on the super hero part of the super part of superheroes. So that we got Iron Man, we got, we had a Hulk movie, despite it not being, uh, I know Mark Ruffalo is a Edward Norton, but there was a Hulk movie. Actually, there were two, um, actually, are those Canon? Yeah. Yeah. The incredible, the Edward Norton one is Canon because the, the general guy in there is also in the future movie. So it is Canon to the cinematic universe. Uh, we had a Thor movie or was it two Thor movies? It might've been two Thor movies. I don't remember. Or maybe Thor 2 came after. Eventually. Uh, I'm not sure. And then we had... Uh, see, Captain America. Right? So we had we had origin movies for the main character. Like all almost all the characters. And it made us care. It made us care about the characters. So with, with Marvel. So if you really watch this three-minute long thing, you'll really see the connection that that it, it, it has with audiences. They even showed a little excerpt of, of audience reaction to... The portal scene in Endgame, which to me is the biggest, like, fanboy cum dumpster orgasm that you could ever have. Like, I, you, you must remember where, you remember where you were, right? When you watched that scene. You probably remember what theater you were in. I was at Podium. I was in Podium Directors Club. And I was a little bit bummed because it was a quiet theater. I, I, I don't know if the people in there, they're more reserved or, or whatever. But I was like, fuck yeah! Let's go! I was so hyped. And I I feel like I was the only one, I I felt a little bit embarrassed because I was the only one saying, oh my god! I wish I watched it in a, I I mean, I don't mind, I don't mean this in a negative way, but I wish I watched it in a, in a cheaper theater. You know, with the cheap seats. In a fully packed, you know, 400 theater pre-COVID, you know, everyone rubbing elbows theater because i, I it's something that i because I, in, in, I i watched the first avengers with my co-workers uh we got an early screening right ever you know way back in 20, 2012 or whenever that came out and it was it was an experience so i was a little bummed i never got to get because i only watched endgame once in theaters believe it or not i watch infinity war like four times in <laughs> theaters but endgame i only watched it once and it was, it was a great experience, but I never got to feel that shit. So what I, what I've been, what I do occasionally, and it's true. If you go check my YouTube history, um, I have Avengers Endgame audience reaction and there are like multiple videos there and just watching it just gets you so hype. And it really makes you feel like, damn, they really connected with this. Yeah. That portal scene, no? It's the best shit ever. Probably one of the best things that I've ever seen on cinema ever. Ever, bro. And then when, when Captain America, you know, he's like, Avengers! And then he whispers, assemble, and somehow everyone hears it. Well, not everyone hears it. I think Thor hears it, and he yells. Like, Thor's the first one to yell. Uh, and then I think Black Panther's there, too. Um... But yeah, I was like, what? People heard him say that? It was, it was cool. It was cool. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the future of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm really excited for Shang-Chi, I think I talked about it last week. Black Widow, which has been postponed so many times. Uh, I, the, the thing about, you know, I'm excited to see it. I love Scarlett Johansson, right? She's a babe. But in the canon of the, you know, you, she dies, right? In Endgame, right? She's dead. So this takes place before Endgame. But my question is, what is the future for Black Widow? Are they going to set her up for something else? Or is this just like a a farewell tour plus a world building for the, the next phase of, of Marvel? I'm curious. Also, for those of you who are excited about Spider-Man, there is, there is is literally zero footage of the new movie in the new Marvel video. Those fuckers. They gave us a lot, but they didn't show Spider-Man. <laughs> ah man okay what else did i oh i watched that michael b jordan movie uh it's called uh without remorse which is based off a tom clancy book but it's not really like they just use the title it has nothing to do with the og book the same character i guess same name but that movie is really bad like it's such a disappointment and i saw a comment on reddit tell me if you agree with me or not Michael B. Jordan can only do really angry or really sad. Anything in between, it's, it's like, whatever lang. And you know what? I think about it. <clears throat> and what in the best scenes in Creed are when he's really angry or really sad. Like neutral, when, when it's just normal. I mean, those are like the most popular emotions right that's where that's what gets you awards right the the dramatic scenes or the the angry scenes but he, i don't he, i feel like that 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 commenter kind of hit a hit a mark hit a point there like have you seen michael b jordan do anything else good besides angry because in black panther he was really good because he was angry like the whole time right when he was angry at, at wakanda and shit <laughs> huh Oh, by the way, for fans of, of uh, WandaVision, you know, I talked about it a few weeks ago. And, you know, a lot of us were expecting Doctor Strange to be in it. Well, apparently, I, just, I was reading an article, Doctor Strange was actually written out of WandaVision, according to Kevin Feige. He revealed plans that Bene- Benedict Cucumber, you know, you know, to say his name, appeared in WandaVision and, and explained why those plans were sc- scrapped. So let me just read the article. It says here that... uh It would have been cool to see Doctor Strange, but it would have taken away from Wanda. We didn't want the end of the show to be commoditized to go to the next movie. Here's the white guy. Let me show you how powers work. Yeah, because if you watch the end of WandaVision, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Wanda discovers she's a witch, which I'm surprised because then she already kind of know that. But I guess not, right? Because she never referred to herself as Scarlet Witch before. She's always Wanda. Even though a lot of you know, she is the Scarlet Witch. But it's only in WandaVision where they kind of make that distinction clear. So, I I kind of get it. But at the same time, dude, it would have been so dope to see Doctor Strange. And, to come to think about it, uh, if you watch uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, it always makes me wonder, where the fuck are the other avengers at because there's a there's a especially the latter half of of winter soldier i think it happens in new york so where where's spider-man bro and of course dr strange you know he can do that little uh circly thing with his hand to go anywhere i think right? i think i don't know how how the limitations of that power but where is he you know where's roadie roadie shows up in episode one and we never see him again right like where are the other avengers are they too busy it makes me it just makes me wonder Uh, i mean i'm not mad because you get to highlight falcon and winter soldier by the way great ending much better than one division i think i said that a few weeks ago or last week uh anything else i want to share with you Mm, i finally actually i don't really know is there anything else to share uh my dogs were caught humping on camera while we were recording with broad fits so let's go look up why do dogs hump why do female because they're both female and they're mother daughter so there's a little bit of incest going on here why do female dogs hump another female let's learn something new as puppies reach se- <laughs> i don't know why i'm talking about it as puppies reach sexual maturity they start to mount other dogs in sexual context. Often during courtship, females in heat mount and hump their male suitors. But female dogs also commonly mount and hum, hump other females when one or both are in heat. And I mentioned, I don't know if I told you guys on, it might have been on halalo Halo. The doggies are, they have their periods right now. So that's why, thats they're in heat. But okay. I I don't know. Will I go to jail for Googling this? Do dogs... Do female dogs... Do (laughs) incest... Do dogs recognize and avoid incestuous mating? Okay, let me me see. This is from Ask Reddit. Or Ask Science on Reddit. I don't know these things. Uh, I don't want to say anything categorically. Here's an answer. The top answer. I don't want to say anything categorically... But it seems that direct inbreeding, mother, child, and litter mates, is rare in wild animals. Some animals have habits that tend to discourage inbreeding, such as dispersion of offspring upon maturation. However, even in animals that live in family groups, it seems that inbreeding is avoided. The first study uh, that this commenter found was done on wolves, uh, which, you know, live in groups. These results suggest that full siblings or a parent and its offspring rarely mate, and that incest avoidance is an important constraint on gray wolf behavioral ecology. Well, there we go. The wolves are doing it better than the rednecks, right? And their sisters. I love my sister so much. I'm just kidding. That's just a joke, guys. That is a stereotype, and I can be. You can cancel me for that joke. Okay, I take it back. Um. Love you, sister. Um. (laughs) Is there anything else, man? Yeah, so, yeah, I was surprised. Like, why are these dogs who are both females humping each other? So when they're, there we go. We learned something new. When they are in heat, they perform sexual action. So in, in a way, uh, I think Margot is a top and Snoopy is a bottom. But then I think they did it, you know, so they scissored a little bit, I guess. (laughs) Scissor sisters. Uh <laughs> just kidding. Oh, do you guys want to talk about inbreeding? Shall we? Shall is that something that we're going to open up? Are we opening up that can of worms? Okay, let's just go- Google inbreeding in the USA. Inbreeding in America. Most inbred states in 2020. <laughs> inbreeding is more common in the following states and they have a fucking list 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8. There's at least 25 on this list. Uh, approximately 70% of inbred families live in desolate areas. Inbreeding is common, specifically in the eastern part of Kentucky. And the region is plagued by the stereotype that every family is an inbred family. While the stereotype is not entirely true, inbreeding rates are higher in eastern Kentucky than in any other part of the state. So, if you want to have a good time with some sexy sisters, you go to eastern Kentucky. Uh <laughs> Just kidding. One family from Kentucky known for generations of inbreeding is the Fugate family. All right, let's Google it. F-U-G-A-T-E. Fugate family. Blue, there's a Wikipedia page, bro. Blue Fugates. The Fugates or Fugatis. F-U-Fugates, F-U, uh, I guess. A family that lived in the hills of Kentucky. Kentucky. Commonly known as the Blue Fugates or the Blue People of Kentucky are notable for having been carriers of a genetic trait that led to the blood disorder methemoglobinemia. I don't know Meth- metha methemoglobinemia, which causes the appearance of blue tinged skin. Oh, we gotta Google images, of these people. Oh shit! There's really he's really they look like Smurfs. I'm not kidding. Dude, go on Google Images and type in blue and then space Fugates. F-U-G-A-T-E-S. There is literally a family. Is this real? It's got to be real, right? It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> this was in the 1800s, though. So there's no actual photographic evidence, I guess. But there's paintings and I guess there's there's maybe recordings. Anyway, let's go back to the Wikipedia because everything on Wikipedia is true. <laughs> Jam, Martin Fugate and Elizabeth Smith, who had married and settled in Hazard, Kentucky, around 1820, were both carriers of the recessive methemoglobinemia gene. As a result, four of their seven children exhibited blue skin and contained progenation. What well, I don't know what that means. Within the very limited local gene pool, ensured that many descendants of the few gates were born with Met age. So, I guess basically it's saying the descendants of this, these, this couple would have this same thing. Whoa. That is crazy, man. Can you imagine working? In, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I have never heard of this. I have never seen this. It's this my first time hearing about it. I don't know if there's any one that suffers with it today. I have to, I'm gonna Google images. Then. Um, I guess, I mean, there's some images of the, there's a woman in a hospital who kinda looks like she's blue, but it's not, it's not like blue, blue, like I'm seeing these, this Fugate family depicted in a photo. Like, they really are as blue as a smurf. It's nuts, man. That's crazy. Well, there we go. The more you know, right? So don't sleep with your sister, you won't turn blue. Okay. Margo. Snoopy. I don't want any blue puppies running around here. All right. Go to Eastern Kentucky if you want to do that. Okay. That's it, guys. Uh, listen to the Tress Latches with Broad Fits coming out tomorrow. I'll try to record on Friday. Of course, Halalo is out. I apologize. I fucked up when recording because, you know, eventually I had to fuck up doing something. It's the first time I ever messed up, like, the inputs for the the microphones. So rest assured that the Elgato mic was not the problem, okay? It was my—I had the wrong input. I had my webcam mic on instead of my Elgato Wave 1 where we talk about incest and blue-skinned babies on the Elgato Wave 1. Go buy the microphone, uh, go listen to the episode, uh, try to make it through the shitty audio for Mix 2.17, I'm so sorry for that. Take care of yourselves, it's summer, it's hot as fuck, your Morocco bill will go up, but you know what, just live your best life. Uh, you can follow me on Tevez of the Best if you want to message me on there, send and where can I message on here, any messages I want to read, wala um, naman, that's it, that's it. Uh, And you can follow me at It's Me JC. Listen to Halalist Show and listen to the 80% with Fitz. And I'll see you all. Say it with me. Later.